Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. I'm oddly intrigued by neck tattoos. You know, we love China, we love no plan here. It comes a dunk. Shut up and listen. You think you're better than me? <laughs> hey, it's Chris. Quick note at the top of the show. So it's currently late Tuesday night. We're in the third quarter of the Lakers and Clippers game. It's been a very, very weird day for NBA news. A bunch of stuff has happened. There was a trade, Terry Rozier. Uh, was traded. There was a suspension with Tristan Thompson, and a coach was fired. Adrian Griffin got axed by the Milwaukee Bucks. So I wanted to record a quick little segment here at the top before um, we release the podcast in the morning. And uh, yeah, like I said, a bunch of stuff happened since Ben and I recorded the show. So I am recording from my kitchen in the middle of the night on Tuesday. I apologize if the sound of my dishwasher is blaring and uh, if it's if it's an awful listen, but I'm doing the best I can. So um, yeah, like I said, incredibly around 2.33 o'clock today, uh, Adrian Griffin was fired from his head coaching position with the Milwaukee Bucks just as Ben and I were wrapping up the podcast. He got uh, axed after 43 games. The Bucks have one of the best records in the league at the halfway point. They're in second place in the East, and Shams and Sam Amick at The Athletic reported earlier today that there's been months, I guess, of frustrations and friction and underwhelming play with real concerns internally growing about the, quote, severe decline in the once elite defense, the flawed use of newcomer Damian Lillard alongside franchise centerpiece Giannis Antetokounmpo and a widespread fear that this group, which is widely expected to contend for a title, was likely to fall short if Milwaukee stood pat, end quote. So let's just cut to the chase. I, I, I mean, I remember talking about this when the Bucks traded for Lillard. I believe it was an emergency podcast segment just like this, actually. But here's the deal. I mean, the Bucks traded one of the best perimeter defenders in the league, an all-star and an all-defensive player, Drew Holiday, for one of the worst defenders in the league, Damian Lillard, who is a great offensive player, Lillard, but he's 33, and he's generously listed at six foot two. And the fact of the matter is the Bucks have gone from fourth to 22nd in defensive efficiency from a season ago under Mike Budenholzer, and that should not be a surprise to literally anyone. So let's just get that out of the way. Adrian Griffin was in his rookie season as head coach. It's his first job. He was 30 and 13 uh, through 43 games on the job, and he was coaching a 
roster that frankly was flawed defensively. It should surprise no one that they were struggling defensively. Um, I think that was sort of to be expected when they when they swapped Lillard for Drew Holiday. But as soon as Griffin was fired, there were reports uh, that started trickling in from Woj and Shams. This is a this is a tweet from Woj at 3.18 p.m. on Tuesday. Quote, ESPN sources, Doc Rivers is a top Milwaukee target to replace Adrian Griffin, but the sides have yet to talk. Bucks are expected to reach out and gauge his interest soon, end quote. Well, guess what? Miraculously, the Bucks and Doc Rivers managed to talk in a couple hours and hammer out a contract agreement, and now the guy's the coach. Doc Rivers, with his 25 years of coaching experience, which includes leading the 2008 Boston Celtics to a championship, is now headed to Milwaukee. He's going to be the new head coach. And then we started hearing again from Shams at The Athletic, well, you know, actually, after the Bucks lost in the in-season tournament, Doc Rivers started reaching out and serving as a consultant with Adrian Griffin and the Bucks. Quote, League sources say Doc Rivers, who is an ESPN analyst, after getting fired from Philadelphia from the Philadelphia 76ers last May, began to serve as an informal consultant to Griffin at the behest of the Bucks. End quote. And what do you know? A month later, he's got the guy's job. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, the best part of this whole thing, I think, is that the news of Doc Rivers accepting the Bucks' head coaching job broke on TV. This is during the TNT postgame show after the Knicks beat the Nets on Tuesday night. Um, you know, they go to the in-studio analysts after the game, Shaq, Candace Parker, Jamal Crawford, and Adam Lefko, and they go, uh, we have news in from CNN. <laughs> and Jamal Crawford just does a double take like, wait, what, CNN? And Candace Parker politely and perfectly corrects him. She goes, sports, CNN sports. Okay, are we ready for breaking news? Um, we have news in from CNN. They are reporting. From CNN? Sports. From CNN sports yeah. that Doc Rivers has accepted the Milwaukee Bucks head coaching position. As you may remember, earlier today, Adrian Griffin relieved of duties. Uh, they were second or third best record in the NBA and CNN Sports is now reporting that Doc Rivers He's will back. be the next coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. The Athletic had some reports earlier that during the in-season tournament, Doc Rivers was being used to give advice to Adrian Griffin to try and help out the first year head coach and now about a month later, Doc Rivers is the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. An amazing moment tonight. Um, can't make this stuff up. Lastly, I was trying to explain this whole situation tonight to my wife, Kelly, and as everything was breaking on TV after the Knicks game. And so I sort of like loosely explained what was happening and she floated a really fun theory and it's the best one I've heard yet. So I'm running with this. She goes, do you think Doc Rivers is blackmailing the Bucks? And think about it. I mean, he was working full time for ESPN and simultaneously consulting as basically a freelance head coach on the side for the Bucks at the behest of Milwaukee Bucks management. This is a deeply embarrassing thing for the Bucks who had a head coach and were basically having an affair with Doc Rivers behind the back of Adrian Griffin. So I haven't heard a better explanation yet, so that's what I'm running with. Doc Rivers is blackmailing the Bucks. Good luck, Milwaukee. Doc, Giannis, Lillard. We're, we're fascinated to see how it all works out. And uh, yeah, that's that. Enjoy the rest of the show.
All right, welcome back to Swish FM. Chris Mendelkin and Ben Crabb. Ben, we are back in the saddle. It's been a minute since we've had time to check in. Yeah, so uh, good to catch up and hear your voice again, Chris. Yeah, Happy New Year. I don't think we've had a chance to really talk hoops. Yeah, Happy New Year. Happy Happy February. Uh, happy Valentine's Day, perhaps. We've been busily down the rabbit hole with the Rewindables, rewatching the film The Rocketeer. So if anyone in the listening audience is curious, you can find all those episodes right here on this RSS feed and uh, enjoy. But today we are not talking Rocketeer. We are talking basketball. Let's hop into it, Ben. Um, I thought the best, easiest, most fun possible way to do a little catch up here on the basketball season would be to do a little something we call Love It or List It. Ah, one of our old favorites. Cop it or drop it. Ooh, wait, did you say cop it or pop it? Cop it or drop it. Got it. So without further ado, let's jump in, Ben. The news of the day, here it is. Joel Embiid dropped 70 points as the Sixers defeated the Spurs. (laughs) Chance at 70. Embiid. Incredible. Ben, yeah. so Embiid became the ninth player in NBA history to score 70 points in a game. He broke, he broke Wilt Chamberlain's 76ers franchise record of 68 points the other night. Embiid finished with 70 points, 18 rebounds, 5 assists, a line that has never happened in the NBA history before Monday night's game. Uh, Joel went 24 of 41 from the field and 21 of 23 from the foul line. Mm. He is now averaging, Joel Embiid is now averaging 36 points per game. 36. 36, that's a lot. He's shooting almost 90% from the line, 36% from three, 12 rebounds a game, almost two blocks. Ben, cop it or drop it. This dude, Joel Embiid, he isn't just an MVP caliber player. He might be the best shooter in the league. Best shooter. Interesting. I mean, I, I would sooner say, honestly, best player than best shooter. Um, best player. Yeah. You maybe, think he's I the mean, best player? Yeah, maybe. Like, he's, re- he's right there. Like, if he's... Yeah. I, I mean, of course, the the thing with Joel is, you know, you, you have to see it in the postseason for, you know, that kind of a take to be fully, you know, kind of uh supported and 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 kind of like made official you know like uh yeah. Giannis didn't become the best player on earth until he won a championship Jokic became the best player on earth when he won you know a championship and he, and he is still you know the defending champion so i think it's it's one of those things where you can say yeah sure he's the best regular season player in the nba that's i think a a pretty um you know a a, a pretty like uh yeah, safe, safe uh, take, but um, but you can't really say like, oh, he's he's number one, you know, mm. best player hands down until we see that happen in the postseason. Uh, because as we all know, he has not yet gotten out of the second round, which is hasn't done it, not even close to the NBA Finals or a let alone the championship. So. Yeah, um, pretty exciting. Uh, I was able to tune in for the last couple minutes uh, to to see him um, get that 70th point. Um, yeah, he's on a fucking heater. Uh, pretty, pretty wild. And, you know, playing like p- playing without any sort of restrictions or resting or he's, you know, doing back to backs like no one's business. It's just like he's just rolling um, and the Sixers are rolling and. It's pretty exciting, uh, you know. I'm still uh, tuning into the rights to Ricky Sanchez uh, Are you? pretty regularly to just kind of 
you know, observe this roller coaster from from their perspective. And I mean, it's going to be it's either going to be a run to, you know, the finals or it's going to just be one of the most disappointing. Like, how can you imagine this team? Like, there's such a magic to them now. And the vibes are so positive now with Maxi's emergence and, you know, Harden being out of town and everything. And, you know, there's they still, of course, have a potential move they can make at the deadline with their draft assets so, and stuff so what do you want to see them do like you you watch the team you think about the team you listen to the right story yeah. like what, what 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 does that team need i mean you feel like they need one more guy to really vault over or, or you know to i agree uh, they're they're in the mix certainly and like i think on on the right week they could they could beat the celtics in a seven game series they could beat the nuggets in the finals um you know if if and Bede stays on this level and is able to sustain it through the postseason. Like it kind of feels like they, they could just do anything uh, as they're currently constructed, but you kind of feel like for, uh, for security, you know, something that, that of course mm-hmm. we all we care uh, about firmly in, um, yeah. they need that third guy, uh, in yeah. the mix with Maxine and Bede. And of course they were sort of in the conversation for either Ananobi or Siakam. Those guys are now off the table. Mm-hmm. Um, one guy that um, that one of the hosts to Ray Ricky Sanchez is throwing out around is uh, Mikhail Bridges uh, from Brooklyn. Which oh wow! I would like that would be incredible. Of course, I don't know if they can. Yeah, man. Actually, he's, acquire he's, him. That's. I mean, he would be need. a perfect fit. The kind of guy that you know doesn't need the ball in his hands, but is a great creator, great shooter, solid defender. Um, you know, they they need someone like that, like a glue guy. They don't need another another. Uh, you know, Maxie's uh, such a star. They don't need another, you know, ball dominant point guard type, um, but someone that can play off ball and, yeah. and but also do a little creating if Maxie's on the bench and take a little bit of the load off of uh, Embiid because, yeah, I mean. I, I haven't seen the Sixers play a ton. I, I watched Embiid's 70 point game, but like when the Knicks played the Sixers the other day and the Knicks won handily, I was just kind of like, man, this team seems like it's missing a dimension offensively because mm-hmm. like in the playoffs when Embiid gets double teamed triple teamed you know teams are going to be happy to say like all right you know Kelly Oubre like if, if we lose to Kelly Oubre we lose to Kelly Oubre but we're right. not going to lose to the Sixers with Embiid scoring 50 points against us yeah so it, it seems like they need someone like you said who can play off ball and hit shots but also defend and it, Mikhail Bridges is the guy that yeah. is completely who the guy is. I mean, I mean it would be a, a dream, but I just Anano- don't know. Ananobi would have been a great Ananobi would have been a great fit as well. But yeah, uh, yeah I think Br- Bridges, who I believe is from Philadelphia, and that's right, he's, and he's, I think was initially drafted by the Sixers yeah. and then traded on draft day for like Zaire Smith, Zaire is that right? Williams, Zaire Williams, Smith? Yeah, one yeah, of the Zaires, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. which did not work out so well. Um, so yeah, it'd yeah, be pretty no. cool to see him return but uh i have no idea if brooklyn would be you know because obviously he's a a pretty young foundational piece for yeah. a very struggling you know rebuilding brooklyn team um but maybe brooklyn is you know struggling so much that you know mikhail is what mid-20s so maybe they're like uh you know what we're just gonna start even more over than we had already started and uh get some more draft assets but yeah, uh, it just it seems like the sixers needs like Embiid is too good to like you know i love guys like nick batum but you know, if if they're rolling with like Nick Batum as as like a a key piece playing off and beat in a playoff series, like they're yeah. just gonna regret that. You know, yeah. Like he, he, anyways, yeah. all right, let's move on. 